But here's the, the cool thing. We've been looking at the ancient secret. This is something that started a couple thousand years ago. And what Jesus says is, is really something that I think we need to hear again. He said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the thief's purpose, referring to Satan. And Satan wants destruction in our lives. He wants destru- destruction in our relationships. But Jesus counters that in John 10, 10. Then the very next thing that Jesus says is, but I have come so that you can experience life to the full. Another way to say it is, I have come, Jesus, in other translations, so that you can experience a rich and satisfying life. That's what Jesus desires for us. And so what we've been looking at are these disciplines that are going to help us in the midst of um, just challenges in life. You know, last year, I think, led to a lot of anxiety and depression. And what God says is, Jesus that even though you experience anxiety, even though that you experience depression, I can work in a way that it doesn't lead to chaos. That's what Satan wants for us. He wants us to spiral out of control with those emotions and those details. But what Jesus says, no, you can still experience a rich and satisfying life if you put into practice these disciplines. And we looked at um, week one, we talked about how Jesus is the vine and all these disciplines that then after connect us and keep us connected to Jesus. And we looked at praying. Man, I just love praying. The fact that the God of the universe that created all this wants to hear from me and wants to hear from you, I think is an amazing, just an amazing blessing from God. And when we pray to God, it's, we're just crying out. Sometimes we're praising him for his goodness. We're just in relationship with him. We're just saying, God, thank you for all that you do. And then there are times where we're like, yes, and I need this, Lord. I need this in my life. And I need this breakthrough. Help me to do this, Lord. And then in Week three, we looked at fasting. And fasting is giving up something you love. For what reason? That focus, that purpose of really focusing on Jesus. And a lot of times it's fasting for food, but it can be fasting from technology. It can be fasting from anything that you enjoy. And you get to be able to put this time stamp on whatever that looks like. And last week, I think, was a really good one because we don't talk about it a lot in church. And Pastor John was here talking about how we just need to pace ourselves in a godly way, which means slow down. So often we hurry through life and we make all these excuses that we don't have time for this and we don't have time for that because of the busyness of what life can do and what life can bring. And sometimes we just have to pace ourselves and say, let me hit the brakes and let me slow down. And today... We're going to wrap up with the other big uh, spiritual discipline, which is reading, reading Scripture together. We're going to look at how to read Scripture for breakthrough. God's Word is so important, and we're going to be looking at that today, and we're going to be looking at ways that we can read this to really help us. But really, the two big spiritual disciplines are prayer and read your Bible. If you were young and you were brought up in the church, you would have always heard this. You should always pray and you should always read your Bible. And so before we just jump into it, I think we're, it's good to remind ourselves of Romans 12 too. And here's what it says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So here's, here's the good news and the bad news all wrapped in one. See, we come into this world, we're separated by God. We're influenced by the world. And God says, I don't want you to be influenced by the world. And so as an early age, unless you were brought up into the church, you start learning the ways of the world. And God says, what I want to do is I want to transform you into a new person. 
Not a person that wraps up into the worldly way and the worldly views, but a new person that goes through this process of changing the way you think. And the good news is what Paul is writing here in Romans 12, all the answers are right here in God's word. This is a Bible. All of everything that's wrapped up in here of how to accomplish what God is talking about here in Romans 12 too is all in God's word. And it has so much to do with reading his word. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And we did not create this. The Navigator is a, is a discipleship resource. And they have a, a many great discipleship resources for us to use. And this is one of them. It's called the Word Hand. It's not talk to the hand. It's called the Word Hand. It's got five fingers. Yes, on this image, the thumb is a finger. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to look at hearing God's word reading God's word, studying God's word, memorizing God's word, and meditating on God's word. So let's jump into it. Let's look at hearing. Hearing the word is reading through someone else. What can you learn about a passage from a godly pastor or mentor? Now, I want to start off back 2,000 years ago. They didn't have Bibles in everyone's homes and in every, on everyone's coffee tables, and so it was important, if you were going to hear from God's word, you needed some godly person, and that's how the message was getting out. And we'll look at that a little bit more here in just a second. But I love in Romans, it talks about hearing, and it talks about hearing in a way that would really benefit all of us, that's very important for us to know. And it says this, in Romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. And that is awesome. And so many of us, I don't know your story, came to faith, and it's because we heard about the gospel message. Let me tell you, the gospel message has power. It has power of healing and power of saving. Before we really ever even read about it in God's word, before we opened up the Bible and really dug into it, and maybe not. Maybe some of you started in scripture before you made that response to Christ of coming to faith. Or maybe you are here and you have not yet made that response and you're trying to figure out what a relationship looks like with God. I was in your shoes over 20 years ago. And I'll share more details about that. But I like, let's let scripture define that for us. So when it says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news. So what is that good news? And here's what Romans 1.17 shares more about that good news. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. So it's talking about how we are made right with God. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. So it's that faith element again. And I want to read that again. It is accomplished from start to finish. What Jesus started and what Jesus finished. And it has everything to do with the cross. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. About 23 years ago, 24 years ago, I stepped into a church in Menifee, California, and I was a little bit stubborn at this time in my life, and I started connecting to a pastor's teaching. His name was Pastor Gary. I'll never forget him, and it was a Calvary Chapel, and I felt like he was speaking right to me. A lot of you might think that, because again, hearing God's word is God speaking in and through us to you, so I'll be talking about scripture, but it's really God speaking to you. And that's why it's always every sermon that I sit into now, God is speaking to me. 
But at this point in my life, see, I didn't understand all the details yet, and I step into this church, and what I did not know, knowing now, at 50, looking back 25 years ago, that I, had, I needed breakthrough with my sin problem. But I really didn't know the details of it. And so I'm listening to Pastor Gary, and what I loved about his message, at, at the end of every message, he would close with the gospel message, a lot like we do at Alpine. Now, today I'm not going to end with it. I'm going to start with it. So, but if we ever stop preaching the gospel, you need, to, you need to confront our leadership. Why? Because people need to hear the gospel. And so here I was, and it, after about a couple months, I just said, you know, man, I, I'm being drawn closer and closer to God. But I was so connected because I had a need. And with Pastor Gary, he was exposing that need, and he was sharing about that need, and he said, you can respond to that. And every time he said, if you're here and you have not yet made that response, that was me. And I was like, oh, I want to make that response but I'm not quite sure what I need to do. And he said, this is what you can do as you are sitting in your seat right now with your head bowed, say this prayer. And I can remember, I looked down and we met in a gym. They didn't have a permanent home yet, a lot like what Syracuse has experienced. And I saw the basketball wood floor and the, you know, the lines that are all painted on it. And he walked me through this prayer and I responded. And I was, that day changed my life. And it's because I was connected to his teaching and it was because he preached the gospel and it was the gospel is what I needed. That's what I needed at that time in my life. And so I responded and my life has been changed ever since. And so I want to speak to you if you are here and you are seeking God and you're just like, man, I just don't know what to do, but I know I need something. That need is Jesus. And you can respond to him today. By recognizing you're a sinner, that he died on the cross for your sins. And in Romans, the book that we've been looking at a lot of scriptures in lately, it says when you confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, that he died for you and he gave his life for you, it says you will be saved, saved from the consequences of your sin. And the minute you do that, now you inherit these amazing eternal blessings that come by being in a relationship with Jesus. And it's an eternal life. And it is amazing. And I look back, because in Acts, Peter, at the day of Pentecost, he's preaching, and he's preaching that message, that message about turn and repent from your sin and turn to Jesus and put your faith and trust in Jesus. And this is one of the most encouraging verses. There's so many encouraging verses, but I love this church plant explosion that happens in Acts. It says, on that day, 3,000 people were added to their numbers. 3,000 people came to faith that day. Why? Because Peter preached the gospel. The gospel has power, and that's why we always need to preach the gospel, and our country is going to need it even more moving forward, because as a country, we're moving further and further away, and we have been for some time, but this is the point. When I think of our kids' church, kids and kids' church, do they understand the responsibility that they are going to have in the next 20, 30 years of preaching the gospel to their friends and their families and their coworkers? That's what we need to equip because people need to hear the gospel. And it starts with hearing the gospel. That's how we are. And you can read it for yourself. And whether you listen as you read it yourself or you listen to a pastor or to a godly person who preaches about the gospel and shares about this saving faith, that's when our relationship with God starts. God has always been pursuing me. God has always been pursuing you. But the minute we put our faith and trust in Jesus is when we enter into now. We enter into a relationship with him. And that's why hearing the gospel message is so important. 
So first we hear God's word. Now let's look at what reading means. Reading the word devotionally is reading for application. What does this passage mean for you today? I do want to just plug you version because I think Life Church hit it out of the park. It is an amazing resource that's technology that's on our phone. We have God's word. They have so many reading plans and they have so many daily devotional type stuff that you can look at. And what you are asking yourself when you're reading God's word, whether it's in your Bible like this, paperback, or on technology, how can I apply this to my life today? And you start looking through scripture and now you want to say, I want to live this out. And blessings come when we spend time reading God's word. I love this. In Revelation 1.3, said, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says for the time is near. Now this is written in Revelation. It's talking about the end times, but it's also relevant, I believe, to all scripture. Here's how God blesses us. He blesses us when we read his word, he blesses us when we listen to his word, and he blesses us when we obey his word. Blessings come from getting in and reading God's word. It's also useful this way. I love 2 Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, I know many of us struggle with being wrong. But going back to that, that transformation, we have this, this transformation that God wants to take us through, transforming us. And it's a new way of thinking. And this is useful because we need to understand what is wrong with ourselves like if you have cancer, nobody really wants to hear they have cancer, but you benefit by knowing you have cancer because now you can at least take the steps necessary to possibly treat it. And so what I'm saying is so many of us have all this wrong in us, and it's important for us to be aware of it. Why? Because scripture is going to help us get that corrected. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And that's that part of this transformation that God is bringing us on. So applying these scriptures and digging into these scriptures and knowing how to apply this to our daily lives is going to reveal things to us that we need work in. Because here's one, and, and I struggled with this, and I know most people struggle with this. It's really easy to look at some of the commandments and go, yeah, I want to do this one. I want to do this one. Oh, I like this passage right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey this passage. This is a good one. But then there's some really difficult verses, some really difficult and challenging ones that cause us to get out of our comfort zone. And our go-to, like Adam and Eve, is to justify and say, well, I'm going to leave that for someone else. But here's, here's the thing. The shortest distance for a Christian is from their mouth to their feet. Do we say one thing but actually live another way? Do we read God's word and really listen to it and obey it? Or do we say, no, no, that whole loving your neighbor thing, like that's good, but I'm going to let the neighbor three doors down love my neighbor. Hopefully they're better than me. Because that takes a lot of work. That takes like cleaning up the house, inviting them over. There's also this other one. It's called the Greatest Commission, the Great Commission. And it's the greatest because it's also challenging. 
And they've done studies on this. The most challenging word of all of Scripture is two letters. It's geo. Because it requires us to go. And it requires us to go make disciples. And I love that we have this Pursue God library. I love the vision of Alpine Church. I love the fact that we have a mentoring culture. I love that we're not shying away from this. But now it's a part of us. It's the church. It's all of us working together in this, about making disciples together. And yes, it's challenging. It's going to challenge you, but it's going to be good. You know, I've never heard anyone said, man, I stepped into something challenging God was asking me to do, and it just really destroyed my life. Never heard that. There are so many challenging things, and a matter of fact, if it's challenging, that means God wants you to step into it, and God's going to work in it. And this application part is so important. Do we say one thing and actually step in a different direction, or does our steps, our feet, match the words of being followers of Christ? And it's challenging at times, but that's what God wants for us. He wants us to back up our talk. Talk is cheap. He wants us to put our faith into action, which means loving God and loving others. Amen. The next one, studying the word is reading for interpretation. What did the passage mean in its original text? You know, I really love our Shema series we did at the, in the end of November leading into December, our Christmas series, because it was a Hebrew word study, and we looked at the Shema prayer and we really dug into it, and we really studied what was God communicating in this prayer. And I just, there was so much value in that. And like one week we talked about love. It says, love God with all your heart. And it was that ahava kind of love. And we looked at the root word in that ahava love, and it means to give. It's a giving love. And so when you start learning that, and then you read John 3, 16, where it said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son you start to understand, okay, that's that ahava kind of love. That was God giving us love, giving us his son. And you start to really deepen your faith when you start studying God's word. And you start digging into scripture and what did it mean in the original context. I brought this Bible up today. This was given to me around the time I came to faith by my mother-in-law. And it's a life application study Bible and that's why she gave it to me. Half of the page is at the top, it's, or yeah, half the page, all of the top is all God's word, and all the pages on the bottom are commentary explaining more details about it. And I have just valued this book. The greatest gift I ever received was from Jesus, the gift of salvation. One of my other greatest gifts after salvation is I've received God's word, and I've been working in and through this book ever since. And I love God's word. And I'm not a reader. So I can relate to all you. It's like, yeah, but I'm not a reader. But it's worth it. It will benefit you. It will lead to everything that we're talking about here today. This last Wednesday, I was at the dentist getting my teeth cleaned. And the woman, the wonderful woman cleaning my teeth, she found out I was a pastor. And so she just starts, you know, asking some questions and, and having a conversation with me. And, you know, when you got stuff in your mouth, it's really hard. You go, uh, uh-huh. Uh-uh. And then to make sure you're being nice, you got to go, ah. Like you have, to, you have to be engaged in the conversation. But she starts sharing with me that um, a couple years ago, she went to an event down at Thanksgiving Point, And she's a churchgoer. 
And so we had a lot in common, and, and she was like, I went to this breakout session, and there was this young woman there that was going to give helpful tips about how to read your Bible. And she goes, that, that just that drew me in. I wanted to go hear from her. And she goes, this woman brings out her, this young woman brings out her Bible, and she goes, Pastor, I was so jealous of her Bible. And she goes, when she brought it out, you know, pages fell out, and she had to stuff pages back in, and she goes, you could see the color the highlighting and the marking up and all the notes that she has taken in this Bible. And she goes, Pastor, I was so jealous of her Bible because I know that she had studied for hours and hours and hours and years in that Bible. And she goes, I had my Bible with me. Not one note, not one markup. It looked brand new. You couldn't even tell if it was ever even opened. And that was just a great, and I said, ooh, I'm going to use that. Like, I said, I'm going to use that. And I think that's a great visual of we have this great resource. We have this great resource, but so often it sits on our bookshelves. So often it sits on our coffee table. So often we go, is there rules about writing, you know, notes on God's word? Mark it up. Dig into it. Study it. Make notes. Make it useful so that you have a, just a better understanding of what God wants for you and dig into it. And I love in Acts 17, 11, it says, and the people of Berea, and I love this, look at what the people of Berea are famous for, were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. The people of Berea just did not take Paul's word for it. Remember, Jesus hits the scene. He has this message. The religious leaders did not like it. Paul and the disciples after that are now continuing the same message. And what the people of Berea did is they studied it. Is what Paul is saying, is that true? Is there truth in what Paul and Silas are communicating? And that's what the Berea people are known for, is digging into the scriptures. And it's not just on a Sunday it's day after day after day to make sure that Paul and those who are teaching are preaching the truth. I encourage you, if you ever hear anything false from our stage, challenge the leadership of Alpine Church because truth matters. And we see that in John, John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth does matter. And there is something about this book that you need to know that you can trust it. It is trustworthy because it is God's truth. And here he goes. He goes, here, Jared, read my truth. Here, Alpine Church, here is my truth. Read it, study it, know it. And that leads us to our fourth point. Memorizing the word is reading for readiness. Will you be able to recall the passage in a moment of crisis? So again, we have this great, this great resource that talks about anxiety. And I'm not minimizing anything that someone's struggling with. It, it talks about relationships, and so many of us have relationship problems. And it talks about depression, and so many people are depressed. It talks about life and death and the path we're on. It talks about hope. And what memorizing Scripture will help us to do in the midst of a crisis, whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're struggling with, knowing God's Word at that moment will be helpful. Amen. It will be helpful and it could lead to healing and it could change your course of whatever you're dealing with. 
just knowing his truth by memorizing God's word and knowing and being able to draw from it when in need. I love how Psalm starts. Psalm 119.11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What God wants us to do is he wants us to take his word and he wants it to get in our heart. That's what the psalmist is saying. That I have your word hidden in my heart. And when I need it, Lord, I can pull from my heart. Our heart is where we keep our treasures. And one of the treasures that we should have is God's word close to our heart. Because our heart is also what guides us. See, the worldly message is follow your own heart. No. Nope. God says, follow God's heart. Follow my path. He's transforming us. He's changing the way we think through this word. Knowing it, reading it, studying it, memorizing it is only going to be helpful for us. Then how often are we tempted with sin? Even Jesus modeled this. He's out in the desert. He's been fasting, and now Satan comes to him. And Satan tries to get him tempted to fail in something. He says, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. It's important to know how Jesus responds here in three more times in Matthew when he's tempted. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He quotes scripture. This is God in the flesh. And if you remember, in week two, we talked about praying. Jesus modeled praying all the time through Scripture. He, he's fasting here in Matthew 4. We talked about fasting. We tried to, you know, we, we asked, did a church-wide fast. And at all, out of all of these disciplines, you know, Jesus modeled all of them. He even, he even showed us how to pace ourselves. He, he sought solitude all the time for just alone time for he and the Father and he just paced himself at times. He got away from the crowd. And here we see him memorizing scripture. And here's what I want to say. If God in the flesh used this as a resource to help him in his walk in life here on earth, how much more important is it for us to put this into action? Amen. How much more important is it for us to know God's word, to draw from God's word when we're tempted? Because we're going to be tempted. And so memorizing just leads us to blessings, like it said back in Revelation. It will bless us to know it. The last one, the last point here. Meditating on the word is reading for transformation. Will you allow the author of the passage to do his work within you? You know, I think one of the ways we mature is by putting God's word into action it's by, I believe, a big part of that is the mentoring, the discipleship. But one of the ways that we can really strengthen our faith and grow our faith is getting God's word in and through us like this is communicating. Getting it in and through us. In Psalm, we see this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So rather than following what the world says, following the wicked, it says delight in the law of the Lord, meditating. Here's the law of the Lord right here. It's right here in God's word. Meditating on it day and night. 
They are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each session. You know, there's so much imagery about what it means to bear healthy fruit. And so when we meditate on God's word, this is a beautiful picture of the blessings of the health that we will experience because we're meditating on God's word. It's taking God's word now and just thinking about it over and allowing it to sink in through our minds, into our heart, into our souls. Knowing God's word, meditating on it day and night. Hebrews says it like this. Chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Man, God's word is incredible. It's an incredible resource. You know, so often... Jesus is referred to as the great physician, and now his word we see is like sharp, sharper than the sharpest sword. And there are times now where we just need things cut out of us. We need surgery. We need healing. We have to allow Jesus to come in and do surgery on us and to make room for his truth, for his word, so that his word is now in our minds, through our minds, into our hearts, and into our souls, and it works in and through us. This is a great quote by John Ortberg. The goal is not for us to get through the scriptures. The goal is to get the scriptures through us. In us and through us. And I'm going to close with this. Back to that first original slide. We have a great opportunity coming up here. But starting tomorrow, February 1st, a 30-day reading plan that Pastor John and I'll put up the details about it here in just a second, has invited you as a church, as a campus, and all the locations are kind of doing things a little bit differently, but we're going to start with a 30-day reading plan together of reading through the Gospels together. Back to Romans 12. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I don't know how we will be blessed as a campus, but I do know we will be blessed. Reading through the Gospels is incredible because we talked about that already. The, the Gospels have amazing power, the power of healing, the power of saving. And we have an opportunity through the media forum to be encouraging to one another as we are reading through the Gospels together. So I want to encourage you that one of the ways that we can get to being transformed by God is getting into his word and reading it together. So if you just have an iPhone or possibly an app that could zero in on that, that will take you to the invite that Pastor John has set up for you. We're going to start tomorrow. So if you don't do it today, do it tonight. Do it before morning comes. Commit to the next 30 days here at the Layton campus to dig into God's word to hear it, to read it, to listen to it, to study it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. We have this great opportunity to do that together. And I just want to be able to look months ahead looking back going, wow, do you remember when we read through God's word together and how that transformed so many people here at Alpine Church because we took the time and we stepped up and we said, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to put my faith into action, and I want to grow in his word. Now, after the 30 days, we'll have more. But here's what I want to say. Maybe reading's not a really big strength of yours. 
that's okay, commit to these 30 days. Like I said, I've never heard anyone say, man, I started reading the Bible and it just didn't do much for me. Never heard that. It will change your life. The fact that God wants to hear from us is awesome. But you know what? We need to hear from God. And every time we read his word, he's speaking to us. And we need to hear his truth. And so I encourage everyone to be a part of this. It starts tomorrow. It's this, tomorrow, this is going to be amazing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful and thankful for who you are. We're thankful for your word. And I just pray as we, as a church, God, we want to put this into action. We're thankful for the Navigator Disciple tool that really kind of unpacks how we can really approach your word by hearing it, reading it, studying it, memorizing it, and meditating on it, Lord. And I just pray for us as followers of yours, like you would bless us as your word says, Lord. We look forward to those blessings. And we want to continue to be transformed by you and your word. And so through these 30 days, Lord, I pray that um, we, it would reveal things that need to change within us, that you would speak to all of us, Lord, through your word, and that we would grow closer to you in the process, Lord. We are so grateful for this time. We're thankful for this service, and we're thankful for you and the gift of salvation that you offer through your son, Lord. So I pray for those who have yet to make that response of putting their faith and trust in you for the, for the gift of salvation, Lord. I pray that that would happen before they leave here today, Lord. We love you, we thank you, and it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.